0: Hey there, badass! Welcome to the Leading Rebels podcast, your bi-weekly dose of inspiring advice dished up by kick-ass female leaders. I'm your host, Katrin Dow, and this is episode 4, an interview with Erica Enberg, VP of talent at Door2Door, a software platform for ride services. Erica shares her perspective on what makes a leader, including how to help your team take care of themselves and how to lead in a new culture or company. resources transforming, with organizations starting to see HR as a more proactive part of the company. This is why I was super excited to get Erica on the podcast to get leadership insights with HR perspective. As the VP of Talent at Door-to-Door, Erica is motivating and leading the expansion of a highly ambitious and diverse team. She has over a decade's experience in people management and fast-growing companies around the world. Experience, which she's actively applying at Door-to-Door, which has team members from over 30 countries and offices in Berlin and Puerto Alegre. As the VP of Talent, she's engaging with her peers and empowering every team member to thrive. She's passionate about building scalable global teams, creating innovative work environments to retain and attract brilliant talent globally, and is always looking to learn and share knowledge with her colleagues in the industry. So you can just relax and soak it all up, I've summarized all key takeaways and action points on the Leading Rebels blog. Just head on over to leadingrebels.com war after the episode for your leadership cheat sheet. Now let's dive in. Well hi Erica. thank you so much for taking the time to meet today with me at door to door I love your offices across four floors, which always impresses me when I'm here. Do you maybe want to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, who you are, what your background is?
1: Absolutely, thank you very much for, for having me Kat, it's, it's my pleasure, I'm very excited to, to share my own, own journey. Yes, yeah, so uh, currently today I work as VP of Talent at door to door here in Berlin in our headquarters, um, where I've been almost for two years now a little bit maybe about my background and how I got here. So um, I'm originally from Finland, where I also started my career some, uh, some 10 years ago, or oh God, it's probably even longer than that. I was very curious about different cultures always, so um, I actually uh, decided to go and, and study abroad in South Korea. Uh, I think that was some seven years ago, and that's where the sort of international story or the my, my story, more of the global side started. And I absolutely fell in love with, with South Korea and, and the different culture. You can imagine how it's very different from Finland. Um, however, they do have winter there in South Korea as well, so I felt a little bit home. <laughs> And I decided to actually continue my studies and that's how I found my way to France. I, uh, I went to study in the in the northern part of uh, France first in a, in a small city called Lille and then decided to continue doing my master's studies in, in Paris. And that's where I met a lot of international people um, and got acquainted to and with a lot of different cultures. And my sort of craving for uh, understanding the world and and intrigued by by different cultures grew even even um, bigger. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a job in Paris because my French was not, you know, on par. <laughs> Tried a lot. <laughs> I, I went back to Finland after um, finishing my studies in, in Paris and I worked for the biggest university back in Finland, Aalto University, which actually was one of my first real leadership experiences as well, and, and experiences as being a manager, which I, I will tell a bit more <laughs> later on. And basically after going back to Finland, I realized that I, I really wanted to work for a more international environment and uh, really wanted to go, uh, to go back to Asia as well. And that's how I found my way to Malaysia, um, so, I packed my bags, moved to Kuala Lumpur and started working for a startup. Um, that was also my first touch point with, uh, with startups, and that was very interesting because you could put all of sort of your best practices and all the things that you learned and build something from scratch. So that was really exciting for me. And I actually did end up working for two different startups um, back in Malaysia after a year and a half or so I decided that I wanted to come back to, to the cold Europe, <laughs> to Germany and that's how I found my way actually to my current position here at door to door
0: Was it coming to Berlin because of the international factor or was there other reasons that you said if Europe then choosing Berlin?
1: I think it was more of the startup scene that was drawing me towards Berlin. Actually, I wasn't initially thinking about coming to Berlin, I was just looking at different markets after Getting very accustomed to the to the shopping and the you know <laughs> <laughs> the pools and things like that, uh, the expat life back in uh, in Asia, and I wanted to come back to sort of reality, mm. um, if you will. And uh, I was actually headhunted for the position, and then I was like thinking, thinking that Berlin is such a such a great city for startups, but also for for different cultures. So wanted to kind of continue on that path. And since then, you've continued to like and love it here, I guess, since you've been here a while now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, the city always surprises you. And our organization is very, very multicultural too. So uh, we have, I think, 27 different nationalities today. Finland obviously being one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: perfect. Going a little bit back to what you mentioned, uh, I don't know if that was the first experience I had, but maybe in Finland and coming back there of a leadership position or seeing leadership for yourself for the first time. How was your first experience with leadership?
1: I always think about what leadership actually is, so coming back to the the basics. To me, leadership is not just having a position in an organization and and being a leader or part of the leadership team in an organization, so I think leadership has been present since the very beginning of, of my career. I always actually look up to my my first boss that I had when I started my career at the age of 18 um, who very much now later on I realized had this coaching style and I think he influenced my leadership and my understanding of leadership um, quite a bit. Obviously, going back to Finland from, from France is a bit of a cultural shock <laughs> as well, and, and the leadership in a big university is, is very different from um, obviously what I had witnessed before earlier in my career. So What was your learning from
0: that, that? Would you say like, do you say, "Hey, this is positive things to keep in mind, or these are maybe things that you want to avoid maybe when you are in a leadership position?
1: I mean, I guess we all have had great bosses and maybe not so great bosses. <laughs> I think um, everyone's always an individual and I think I've learned from, from along my, my journey um, in my career a lot. I think the most things that I've learned is really to to know your people. I think that's one of the key key things. But also as, a, as, a, as an employee, to understand that you're, you're a leader or your manager is is only a human <laughs> as well so I think understanding that so there's always two sides of the coin so understanding that was was one of the learnings at that stage and how was it
0: then when you yourself stepped up so to say for the first time into a role where you had to officially or inefficient maybe even lead other people
1: Unofficially I actually did a lot of mentoring and coaching already earlier in my career. Um, the first time I was um, actually a manager was uh, was a very interesting situation since all of my my team members were a lot older than I was, so not just a couple of years, but actually 20 years. <laughs> and this was in the university world where there was a lot of transformation going on and um, it was the first time they actually brought HR and it was a big HR transformation um, going on in the in the entire university. So that was a very interesting experience trying to figure out how do I position myself and how can I motivate and lead um, employees that are... A lot, lot more experienced in in their fields than than I am. Looking back on that experience now, with
0: um, with what you've learned since then, was there some specific advice you would have given yourself?
1: I, I think uh, looking back, I handled it quite well, um, even even though I'm the only one saying that. But the advice that I'd give uh, my younger self is just to be, you know, more confident and just believe in myself. Um, I think that was also the the, the the way that I and the approach that I took back then um, but you know if I could go and you know <laughs> pat myself on the shoulder I'd say you know just just believe in yourself you know. That's I think always a good advice
0: also because as soon as you do you also inspire others to believe much more in you than, than if you don't and you're asking others to push you up so to say that's much more of a difficult dynamic I'd say. That's true looking also back on your very international experience in in Asia and France and Finland and Germany how maybe have you seen both similarities and
1: differences in those different places yes definitely I think One of the biggest learning moments in my life was going and and working in Malaysia. Uh, And that was also what I was looking um, from that experience. Um, The culture was very different and I think what I've learned as well is that you can be aware of of cultural differences, but it's a different ball game when you actually experience it yourself and you're living that uh, reality. I would feel that um, today in Germany, Germany is quite similar to Finland. Um, however, I believe that I've also changed along the, the journey and living in different countries. And what I found is, is, I mean, I had this natural curiosity towards different cultures. So I think it helped me a lot to have a really open mind and, and wanting to understand um, also what the culture is about. Um, having a lot of local friends who also, you know, help you help you understand a bit more what's behind and why people are like this. Lots of differences. I think Malaysia was really a shock at the beginning. Yeah, I felt like it was almost the opposite of of Finland and especially in a leadership position I I realized that the expectations are also very different. Um, So it took me some time to really understand what it was about and um, why I was perceived in a certain way or, or the things that I was perceiving were maybe a bit different too.
0: And how did you come to that realization or what helped you kind of navigate that in the beginning?
1: I think it was a lot of patience <laughs> and yes again I think the open-mindedness, you know, uh, wanting to understand the the other people and uh, really taking a step back and, and not just, you know, rushing to things but also creating that atmosphere of, of trust and honesty and mutual understanding. I think that helped a lot.
0: Was it also, I mean, you did this switch, I'd say, twice in a short amount of time, in the sense that you went into a leadership position in a new country where the culture was new, and you first had Malaysia, and then you had Germany, which is Middle East, maybe not as different as Finland, but still A, different, and B, also coming from Malaysia, very different. So how was your, I'd say, second go at then being a leadership position in a new company, in a new country?
1: Uh, to me, I think coming to Germany was uh, um, a little bit easier, I guess, than going to Malaysia because um, I had also learned so much about myself and so much about leadership while I was in, in Malaysia that it was a bit easier the second time around. Um, and I also do feel that there are a lot of similarities, um, also a lot of, a lot of differences, but definitely easier coming back to, to Europe than, uh, than the other way around. So. <laughs> Is there maybe
0: like a main learning moment that you had in one of the places changed maybe a little bit your
1: leadership style, your approach, or what you had thought of it before?
0: I think I'm still learning every
1: day <laughs> for me it's it's not so much about the countries because I also believe that um we we're living in a in a global world, and um the workforce is quite global, so even within different countries, you have so many different nationalities and cultures together. Um, in, in our organization, we have a lot of different nationalities. My um, direct team is also very diverse. I have representatives representative of Brazil, uh, New Zealand, Finland and Poland in my team today as well. So that's also very, very big. And then understanding the individual needs. I think that has been the biggest learning is that it's not so much even about the, the local culture, but understanding individuals and how they all have different expectations. And different individual needs. Is there
0: a way that stands out for you as a um, particular success, maybe? Which is also a nice thing of thinking back, like, hey, looking back, that was, I did really well, or that turned out really well thanks to my approach to leadership or something that I did as a leader of a team.
1: Um, I think I have these small moments. I wouldn't say that I have a big success that I I look back, but I think there are these smaller things that happen um, quite often. and The moments when actually someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, I really love the way you handled this and how, you know, you were able to take into consideration the, the different cultures or that um, you managed to inspire me or, you know, you helped me through this or or that or I learned something from you. I think those are the greatest moments of of leadership.
0: Absolutely. And going back to that or maybe diving into the HR side of things, which is where you have a lot of experience and something I've noticed working both in corporates and smarts is that the HR team has this privilege but also burden of having to help others negotiate their conflicts but then when you're the leader of a HR team it's not just the rest of the company that is allowed I'm gonna say quotation marks to have disagreements but your team maybe also does but their position is to help everybody else how do you kind of help your team also take care of themselves and them having a good position when so much of the role is focused on having everybody else in the company be happy in quotation marks
1: yeah, that's a that's a very good point, and I I do sometimes feel I have a bit of a split role. So on the like the other half of me is the the HR, the talent person, and the other half is the leader. And sometimes um, you have to kind of think about which which hat am I wearing, or which which part of myself is <laughs> present in this conversation. And sometimes, obviously, both of them. But in regards to my team, we talk a lot about it and I think one of the values that I have um, is honesty and, and also building that trust is really important. So we're able to talk about it and I Talk a lot about um, you know taking care of yourself because I don't I think you can't be there for other people if you are not well yourself and if you're not taking care of yourself. So I think for HR professionals it's, it's extremely tough at times. Um, but when we have each other, we're not alone. So you don't have to carry any any of that by yourself. But you have the team that supports you. I think that's the main main important part.
0: Absolutely. We actually, it um, reminds me, we have this note somewhere in the office that says something that along the lines of, You can't pour from an empty cup. As in, if you really want to be helping others, you have to be filled <laughs> up and like, good yourself, otherwise, it gets problematic. Exactly. Yeah. And then also, from the attorney's perspective, also you have a very observant position of people in the company who are maybe aspiring to be leaders or first time leaders. What um, advice? Could you give seeing from the outside
1: people in other roles and positions wanting to be a leader or just having stepped into those shoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually this is a, a great opportunity because I do see this in our organization. We have some homegrown uh, leaders um, and then also more experienced ones. I think one of the most crucial parts of, of being a leader is also knowing yourself. And that's what I always try to tell people, know your people, but know yourself as well. So I personally advise people just to look into their own leadership style, um, their communication style, how they are as as, as people, as leaders. And, and how others perceive them. Um, and I work a lot with, um, with coaching and trying to find your blind spots so that you're more aware, because I believe that then you, you have um, and you can be more successful when you know yourself and, and then it's easier to also understand other people. So I think that's one of the things that I see, especially with, with young, very ambitious leaders. Um, they, they tend to also think that they know it all, or they should know it all. Um, and that's one of the biggest learnings is that you don't have to know it all you can't know it all and uh, you have to create an environment where you also feel confident in saying hey i don't have an answer to this question let's you know work it out together yeah i think
0: it's what you said in the beginning we were told so much that confidence is important but it's a difference between actually being able to say that you don't know something is confidence because you're saying like this doesn't make me as a person a bad leader period. It's just like me being honest and saying like hey I'm not perfect. But sometimes we confuse confidence with having to have an answer to everything and having to always know the right way and
1: you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's really not about that. And yeah. I think that's, that's one of the learnings I also, if I were to give my, my young self uh, an advice that's what I would say. You don't have to know everything and it's okay.
0: And looking at the um, aspiring leaders or the team members that maybe are not in that position yet, what kind of advice can you give them when they're saying like, okay, I want to progress to that role? What can they do while they're not maybe in that role yet? I mean, as you said, I think we all kind of know you can always be a leader without officially having that title. But when it comes to like, what's what does that look like? That's always a bit more mm-hmm. challenging.
1: True. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, I definitely think you can be a leader without the official role or or title. Um, I think you know stepping up and and showing that you can do this, I think that's actually probably the way I did it too um without maybe back then acknowledging that that's what I was doing, but um definitely taking on on uh, on things leading projects I think that's a great way to show that you have these capabilities and you have um the ability to to lead something. it's easy to start with a project for instance, or you know and i I think. Having an open mind and being able to take on whatever opportunities out there, so keeping your eyes open as well and being the one who, you know, puts your hands up, volunteers saying, hey, I can do this, I can try. And then also not being afraid of failing. I think this is one of the reasons why people don't put their hand up and say, hey, I can do it. Um, but you know, I think the greatest learnings are when you actually mess something up. (laughs) It's not when you do something perfectly, you know, it's hard to say, okay, it's because of this that things worked out. But I can guarantee if you do mess something up, (laughs) you will know. (laughs) So having that confidence also in, in terms of, um, failing, like I'll try, I'll do my best. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Let's try again. Yeah absolutely i think especially
0: we're almost more fearful to fail at things like leadership because it's so people focused i think it's easier to fail at things we're lucky. i mean it's not it's never easy to fail but saying if you lose money or something like business-wise doesn't go well it's not great nobody's happy but it's like at least it's not like a person but as soon as you're in this position where like other people are impacted and
1: something doesn't go right I think you feel much harder on yourself and you want to avoid that much more definitely but I think um if you're authentic if you're yourself and if you if you're truly present in the situation it's really hard to like you know I don't know make such a big damage or anything like that I think it's more of like also, having an open dialogue, like if you're in a conversation that you 've never been before, it's okay to say that you know this is a tough conversation um, i don't i have I don't have experience in in doing this. other people will understand we we're, we're people you know yeah. at the end of the day you know if you if you're um, honest with yourself and you 're honest with other people, they will understand
0: I had a colleague present uh, on mediation, and she mentioned that her starting quote was there is no bad conflict unless it's unresolved conflict. And I think that's also something we wear off in the striving for not having problems. We avoid having these conflicts that do naturally come up. And this avoiding us actually causes more issues than actually saying head on, hey, I know this is an issue,
1: we need to figure this out, because if we let this fester, it's just going to get worse. Exactly and I think just saying that I don't know how to fix this but I want to so let's, let's do this and I think there is a word for, um, for positive conflict as well so it doesn't always have to be negative it can also be positive positive. and I think that's actually one of my approaches as well is that uh, if I don't know how to do something or if I'm fearful of doing something I know that's a thing that I need to do. Um, so um, I should be doing that if I'm uh, also like if I feel like this is out of my comfort zone, um, I'll I rather push push myself there and and see what happens. <laughs> I think
0: Malaysia was a perfect example of that if you push yourself into situations that you're like I have no doubt this is gonna go, but retrospectively it's always the biggest learning moments that you have when you do those things exactly
1: and it was it was hard (laughs) and uh, yeah things didn't go like in the movies but um it was still it was an, an amazing experience
0: and then kind of tying into your experience they're also now here as a self-professed, I'm going to say younger leader, maybe not not super young leader, but younger leader, mm-hmm. um, how has that shaped your experiences? As you mentioned already, in the beginning of the university, you had those moments where you leading people that were much older than you. How has it been kind of continually being in that
1: position, I guess? I think it's a great position because uh, I can be honest about that too, and I can say I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. And I, I hope to be learning for a very long time. And I think it's—I I feel like also I'm, I'm sort of lucky to be in this position. Obviously, I've worked hard to to get where I am today. But I think it's a, it's an amazing experience to be able to 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 have this position and learn so much already at this stage in my career. So I think it's only a great thing. And
0: also, uh, super interested, we've talked about. Um, aspiring leaders within an organization when somebody in an organization progresses to leadership. But as, for example, was your case when you started here, sometimes leaders get brought in from the outside. So they didn't, I mean, naturally grow into the position. How is it when you're um, entering this position as a newbie, so to say, in the company? um, How do you manage um, having, leading a team while not knowing the company or the people quite yet? How do you create this honesty and this trust in the beginning?
1: I think what you said is a key. You have to build this honesty and you have to build this trust um, and and you have to show people also um, the the true you. I think my approach at the beginning was just to get to know everyone, right? So um, I didn't come in guns blazing, hello, here I am, I'm gonna lead you or, or anything like that. But just honestly being curious about the organization and wanting to learn about the people in the organization, uh, how the organization works, so I think that was my, my approach. and People took me in quite, quite well uh, as well, so um, because of this attitude and saying also, hey, you know, I'm here, this is my experience, this is where I'm drawing from and this is where I come from, let's, let's talk.
0: Yeah, I think that was a perfect example. I think somebody else at one of the previous interviews said how important it is in the beginning to not jump into doing, but start Mm -hmm. off with a lot of listening before you start doing, which I think, especially when you come in from the outside, can be a bit challenging because you want to, I think, prove yourself a little bit. You're Mm -hmm. like, hey, I got hired to do something here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then if I'm going to just like sit here and have conversations for like a while, some people can feel like, but I'm not doing anything. Well, actually, that's building the foundation to be able to actually be successful at what you want to implement later on.
1: True. And the, actually, this organization was quite um, small when I, when I joined. And what I actually did was I um, came in for almost a week, uh, flew from Malaysia and was able to have all my interviews in, in person and then also work a little bit on certain uh, challenges that the organization was facing. So most of the, the members of the organization, they already met me. Uh, and they had conversations with me so that they were able to get to know me before I then then joined.
0: Yeah, it's also very good advice when bringing in somebody new. Yes, <laughs> obviously I
1: understand that not every organization everybody has that opportunity to do so. It was a kind of a special case but uh, still it was a very very good way of you know uh, coming into the organization and letting people get to know you first.
0: Absolutely and maybe wrapping up in that sense the part of the story since you mentioned when you came in you were a lot smaller how has it been this transition into growing quite a bit in some time how has that changed dynamics what have been like the benefits the challenges how have you dealt with this growth
1: yeah i mean um also in the previous organization we we uh, experienced some high growth there's always different challenges that come up when an organization is growing. And I think one of the biggest impacts is on the on the culture and the dynamics and communication and things like that. And um, how we've solved it or how I've um, approached it is, is look at the, the organization design and how people work together. And then also raising awareness that, hey, you know, we're at this stage where we're growing these are the challenges that we're going to face. And I think people um, are generally more comfortable with, with this when they know, okay, there's someone who knows what's happening. I mean, of course, it's different to experience it, but when you're able to guide through and say, okay, you know, these are the feelings that you, you know, <laughs> will experience and we will all experience, and this is how we're going to solve it. And we're here for you, we're supporting you. We, we know what we're doing. I think that you know helps with, uh, with the growth. Absolutely, and we're still growing. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's just going to continue. It will. To be it will.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's one of those very interesting um, scenarios that happen much more acutely, I'd say, in startups. Um, organizations, of course, still grow, but they don't grow at the crazy rate, I'd say, that the many startups do. But it's exciting and challenging at the same time, which I think is true for a lot of things. <laughs> a little like now that we've talked about your whole story, looking back at we talked in a lot of points, like honesty and trust what would be the three things that you would tell a leader to focus on if it's like hey if you want to like if somebody says there's so many things i could be thinking about and like i don't even know it's like what would you say? like hey this is the for you the three pillars of that's super important
1: um i think i touched on them a little bit already um during during our talk but i think it comes down to i, I know this might sound like a cliche actually but um leading by example is one of the things that i would really focus on and that I try to do um, and try to focus on as well so really like making sure that whatever you say you you also do, you know and that you're present and people can see, okay, this is this is the way that our leader is acting because they do look at every single thing that you do, you know, whether you pick up the, the trash on the ground when you see that, like it's the little things and people notice these things, so you know, and I think it kind of relates to the confidence and knowing yourself as well knowing who you are, because um, if, you, if you're not authentic, people will see that, you know, if you put on role or you know try to have all the answers it's not gonna (laughs) work out people always will see through that so so really i think that's the that's the main thing that um i would say absolutely i think it's when it comes to cliches i'm
0: gonna say quotation marks there's always truth to them and very often they're very easy to say but are a lot harder to implement i think everybody has heard this and been told but when you reflect on your day-to-day i think we all have it and i think it's this continuous reflection, because I think it's not just like once, okay, I'm always going to be like this, but as you said, you always mess up, you always let something slide, but it's like catching yourself and be like, okay, that was not how I wanted to do this, so I have to like go back, maybe apologize to somebody be like, hey, sorry that that happened, but let's
1: just start in this new way. Yeah, and I think in the, in the, um, the main thing is the honesty as well, like saying, okay, you know what, I really screwed this one up, I'm sorry, you know, and, and people will appreciate that. And I mean, you're absolutely right, it's not really easy to do, you know, um, and it will take a lot of practice, it will take a lot of self-reflection, um, sometimes coaching can help as well. One thing that I've noticed that's really good for myself is, is that I've been able to create this trust among my team that they also hold a mirror sometimes. So they say, hey, you know, and we know that this is, you know, what you wanted to achieve, but let's look, you know, did this really happen? Um, so that getting the honest feedback from people around you as well so that they're able to support you saying, hey, you know. Uh, or, or see the other side, because um, sometimes you, you do still... The blind spots are called blind spots for for, for reason, a reason, right? <laughs> because you don't see them. Uh, so having people around you in the organization who are able to have that conversation with you and give you that feedback. Um, and I mean, it's always... Um, it's a journey, and no one will ever be perfect. And that will be actually quite... Um, I don't know if we wanted everyone to, want to be perfect either. No, I don't um, think that's... I think...
0: That also would cause problems because then other people would feel like they have to live up to this. And then it's like, I don't think, I think we all agree that we're all imperfect as a better scenario for everybody involved. Exactly. exactly. And I think maybe coaching is actually a good um, transition to this. What resources do you think people could take advantage of? Be it like offline, online, people, books, sort, anything that you'd say like, hey, if you really want to focus on this and improve on this,
1: this is something you could utilize yeah and I think that's a very good question, especially in today's world, where we have content everywhere you know you have you get all these emails in your inbox, and you don't really know where to where to go and um, I think it also depends on what you want to focus on, so I think it comes back to knowing yourself and knowing um your own strengths and weaknesses and what you want to work on um, you're knowing your own blind spot, so based on that i would I would recommend that dive deeper into those areas. Um i i've been recently reading a bit of um, coaching because i think it also helps myself to understand myself and <laughs> others and um, one of my um, favorite actually um, people to follow is uh, Brene Brown I'm sure you're familiar with. I'm just reading her book, "The um, Into the Wilderness," that just came out recently. Exactly. So she has a couple of books and a couple of TED talks. Um, I, I see. I find myself actually going back to her TED talks every now and again. Um, I think she's a, she's an incredible person to to follow, and she's actually talking a lot about what I've been also sharing today, like you know, um, being authentic, you know, showing yourself and and things like that. Um, I mean, there are so many different um, sources out there. I think you just have to choose the ones that, you know, work best for you. Um, it can be podcasts, you know, obviously, <laughs> such as this one, <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: if, if that's what works for you. Some people like to read books. Um, Some people like to get the emails. Uh, There's also a lot of webinars that are for free that I actually put in my calendar quite often because you can then also uh, watch the recordings afterwards. So um, that's an easy way as well. So yeah, I mean, select the ones that are most, I guess, meaningful or um, things that you want to focus on. That's how I do it at least.
0: And I think also, um, coming back to, to your department, I think in my experience, it's very underutilized. A lot of people in companies only say, Sometimes HR is like, like once there's a conflict or there's an issue, this is where, but actually in my positive experiences with HR is that they're also there for growth and feedback and helping with exactly this thing. If somebody has this question, I want to move up here. What do you see me needing to do?
1: Uh, Yes, exactly. And I think we're now living in in a very interesting world and interesting times when HR is really transforming. I mean, it's been happening for some, some years now already, but that people are starting to see HR as a as a more proactive uh, part of the organization. Um, And these are actually the conversations that we have on a daily basis. You know, hey, I'm giving feedback to someone, what should I focus on? Hey, you know, this is what I would like to do. Can you support, where can I find that? So definitely utilize your HR departments in, in that sense. Any parting advice, if you would have one last thing or sentence or anything to say to the listeners? I think the the thing that I would like to end with is is really believe in yourself. If this is the path that you want to um, start exploring, uh, go for it, you know, and be curious. uh, Don't be afraid of failure. Actually, look for that a little bit so that you can can learn more. Um, So, yeah, I think initially just believe in yourself have that confidence find people who are able to give you feedback and surround yourself with people who will support you in in your journey and yeah go for it perfect i'll leave it at that
0: well thanks so much for taking the time and i'll definitely just let the listeners now know where they can find out maybe a little bit more about you and connect some of the resources that you mentioned absolutely i'd be happy
1: thank you very much kat thanks
0: Hey there! I hope you came away from that episode feeling as inspired as I was recording it. Want to learn more about today's guest? Check out the show notes for links to connect with them and where to find all key takeaways. And a reminder, when women support each other, incredible things happen. If the podcast has been helping you unleash the baddest boss within you, I'd be awesome if you could leave a rating and review. Thanks in advance.